Doors closing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Broadway Reviewsicle, your season's guide. This way. <laughs> I'm just going to write it down. Welcome, everybody. It's the Broadway Everybody, welcome to the Broadway Reviewsicle, your guide to this season's Broadway musicals. That's right. Every episode, we're reviewing a different new musical on Broadway. We try to get in during previews or before previews if it's an off-Broadway that we think is going to go to Broadway and give you guys a heads up on if you should go see it, what's it about, and talk about favorite moments, at least favorite moments, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have a uh, great system for reviewing musicals. We give it one to five jazz hands. Yes. One jazz hand is not so great. Nope. Five jazz hands is like Hamilton or the best musical ever. I think we reserve the right for zero jazz hands, but I I don't think we've ever done that. No, we definitely have not done that. Although Bright Star might be close. Yeah, Bright Star was really bad. Uh, Steve Martin, if you're listening to this, I like you as a person and a comedian, but... Please write never. a funny musical yeah, next a, time. What are you doing? What are you doing with banjo music? Come on now. All right, I, I've seen YouTube videos of him playing banjo. He can play banjo, which is great, but make your musical funny. Yeah, that no was, throwing uh, babies off trains, please. Yeah. Like ba- seriously. And no suspended in the air babies flying off the train <laughs> as you go into intermission. Never I, good. Never good. I appreciate that from a... Uh, comedic this standpoint. This is so bad it's good. <laughs> but it wasn't. It like actually wasn't. Do you know anyone who liked uh, Bright Star? No. I, I think there's a small sliver of the population who actually saw it. But most people I know who did see it thought it was the worst musical they've ever seen. Yeah. So, um, it's it's, no Dear Evan Hansen. No. No. So where would you rank in uh, where would you rank the band's visit in the musicals we've seen? I would say that it's slightly above Bright Star, uh-huh. but maybe only slightly. I, I got to say, the, the musical has no plot. Yeah. Was um, Sunday in the Park with George a musical? <laughs> That's a bad question, but yes. <laughs> yes, Mike. Sunday in the Park with George was a musical, and you saw it with Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. who has a surprisingly beautiful voice, and Annalie Ashford. Come on now. She was great in that, but I also would say had very minimal plot because it was about painting. I would say. Like painting I, one painting. And then lights, like fancy lights. I liked the fancy lights. Did it, you? You liked the 1980s lights, yeah, did you? Yeah, it was kind of cool. I guess you had more drinks than I did in that yes, show. Yes, <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> two times as many drinks as I did. Yeah. Uh, I would put this right below that in my ranking and right above Bright Star. Bright Star is definitely the worst, but this is probably towards the bottom now how do you feel like in transit fits in there and, and for those of you who haven't seen oh. who didn't get to see in transit that was um it was on last season it was oh, an so acapella good. musical about the mm. new york city subway i surprise appearance by pizza rat i would say in transit would be above sunday in the park with george oh my god you're kidding no come that's, on that's that's my bottom ranking so very bottom bright star 
then the band's visit. Because I almost walked out at intermission of Bright Star. I was very <laughs> I close. I literally had to like prevent Mike from leaving Bright Star. Not because <laughs> I wanted to see how it... Well, I guess it is because I wanted to see how it ended. Because literally, as soon as the curtain came down for intermission, Mike turns to me and like basically was like, this is how the show ends. And I was like, I hate you. It was, it was very like, obvious. It was like, who is this weird character? Who is this weird librarian? Oh, now a flashback on a mom giving up a baby and it getting thrown off the train and landing in a swamp where he grew up. Obviously, that's what's happening. Um, So, yeah, I would say Bright Star is the bottom. Your bottom, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably mine, too. Bands visit right above it from just a boredom perspective. Uh, Then... Sunday in the Park with George. Also Sunday in the Park with George is a classic. I know that <sighs> like I'm neither not, of us loved it, but like it is a classic. I'm not the type of person who likes most of the classics. You are. I know. I'm, I I'm, really, I am. I'm probably more of, you know, if you're a listener who wants, who likes kind of more of the modern stuff and isn't as seduced by the, the Broadway of your then I'm I'm your type of reviewer. <laughs> the Broadway of your everybody. The that's of that's your. what we're talking about now. The Broadway of your. So today we are going to review the band's visit. Yes, we saw the band's visit last night. All right, Larkin, let's kick it off. What'd you think? What'd you think of the band's visit? I won't lie. I went in with really high expectations, and they were not met. Yeah, there there's a lot of hype about this musical. And I, like, went in wanting to love it. Yeah, the New York Times said things like, magical, takes you to another place. Romantic, blah, blah, blah. Everything that you want out of a musical. This had nothing that I want out of a musical. So, this is our basic summary of the plot. Yes. The band's visit is the story of how an Egyptian ceremonial police band accidentally ends up in a boring desert town in Israel because the band member in charge of buying the bus tickets can't pronounce Petatikva. There's no bus out of town until morning, so the band has to stay the night with the locals. And then literally nothing happens. Yeah. They leave. They leave. Yeah. It's like literally like a night happens, like 12 hours go by, and then they leave. Right. And this is a an orchestral type band. So it's not like a rock band. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I would have preferred it if instead of a ceremonial police band, it would have been the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> <laughs> getting lost and going to this small town and you get to see like Flea <laughs> uh, trying to like interact with this family with a baby. I would have loved that. <laughs> How many jazz hands do you give this? Let's let's get into the ratings. What do you rate it? I would give this one and a half jazz hands. Uh, I was lower. I was at one jazz hand. Uh, most of the musical I spent bored. I've never been so bored at a musical. <laughs> and I know that that sounds like so mean. But like, honestly, literally nothing happens in this show. It has a very Wes Anderson slash Napoleon Dynamite feel to it in the sense that there's long, awkward pauses and awkward sarcasm, for lack of a better word, in the sense that a lot of the jokes are, woo, this is awkward, type things, which we also watched part of the foreign indie film it was based on. And it worked in that. It actually, like, kind of did. It was 
funny-ish. Yeah, it was funny. The film was enjoyable. You get a little bit more of expression acting where, you know, you get eye rolls and things like that, which a movie that has a lot of eye rolls doesn't necessarily translate in my opinion, to a Broadway musical <laughs> that well. I feel like it could have done very well as a play, but they were like, oh, it's about a band. We should have music. Well, they should, they should play music. In that respect, I thought it, it fell flat. Yeah. I think my biggest qualm with the show is that it had no plot. I mean, yes, like it's about a band that ends up in a boring town, but none of the characters got what they wanted. None of the... You know, none of the things that, like, they set up in the beginning happened. So, like... Yeah, I, I think David Yazbek did a good job on the music and the lyrics, but... The music was beautiful. It really was. Itmar Moses. Uh, Isn't ter- he the guy who wrote the movie? I don't know. He did not write the movie. Oh. He, according to Wikipedia, he wrote... He's done a bunch of stuff in TV. He's written some episodes of Boardwalk Empire, but not a lot otherwise. I feel like part of it is also that this just doesn't translate well to a large Broadway stage. I just hated it. Like, I I don't... I've just never been bored at a show before. There have been shows where I've gone and not enjoyed it. Usually it's like, oh, I don't like this because of X, Y, Z. There's not even, like, a whole lot you can point to because nothing happens in the show. I think part of that, too, is a lot of the dialogue was taken word for word from the movie... And a lot of it is kind of filler dialogue. So <laughs> I think the ad- adaptation could have taken more liberties and it would have been better. Uh, great. So what? what's kind of, what was your, let's be positive. What was your favorite thing? So I really liked that the cast was full of extremely talented musicians that also were playing the actors on stage. It had kind of a once-esque type feel because the music was being played live on stage, which I thought was really cool. Oh, and also I would say that my favorite part of the show happened at the very end after the cast had taken their bows. The band all came out and sat on stage and played a song. That was probably the only part of the entire show that I enjoyed. That was also kind of a mean tease because the there, there's this closing scene where the band all sits down and the director puts up his hand, the director of the band. The uh, conductor. The conductor, sorry. Tefig. Tefig puts up his hands and then puts them down and it's a blackout. And then they bow. Nobody's- and then they bow and only then do they play a song. So I was like, oh, they're not even going to play? Because <laughs> you didn't even get to see the band play till the very end. Which I think is also a big miss on their part. I feel like the band should have played at least a a mid number or you know if they had an intermission play a number before the intermission i don't know i also thought that katrina lank who plays dina was just phenomenal her voice is really unique um and you know she just has like a very beautiful quality about her voice and her presence i thought she was wonderful yeah she had an incredible voice. I really liked the song that she did, Omar Sheree, which was great. And it was very musical and different. Do you have a clip of her singing? I do. We do have a clip. Sunday morning, oh, her voice would fill our living room. The ship from Egypt. I think she carried the show oh she definitely did definitely. she's the only one who really sang anything also 
Yes, that wasn't a song about uh, not being able to talk to girls because oh my you God. fear the ocean. One of the random band members ends up in a roller skating rink with a random local guy who is on like a weird double date with a girl who doesn't seem into him at all. He basically trips her, she falls, and he awkwardly ignores her. And then turns to the band member and is like, I can't talk to girls. That's one of like the big plot points of the show. This was my least, well, my second least favorite thing. <laughs> uh, and we have, we have a clip of this song uh, titled I Hear the Ocean. And I'll, we'll play a little bit for you right here. That's him doing ocean noise. As, yeah. you, as you can get from that, it doesn't get, it gets probably worse after him making ocean noise. <laughs> I would say that him doing the staccato, I don't know, was putting anchovies on top of a, a already rotten sandwich. It was just like, yeah. yeah. I really don't have a lot to say about it other than like you subjected us to a terrible noise <laughs> while you basically did not push the plot forward at all. And then we got nothing out of it because, yeah. I mean, I guess cool. You could rollerblade uh, I, or roller skate. I was hoping for like a cool roller dance, but it was mostly like go out in front. Someone fell on roller skates on purpose. purpose on purpose. But there wasn't because a roller dance. And I was like, give me a disco dance. Please, no disco dance. Very disappointing. But again, that was my second least favorite thing. Was what was the, your first least favorite thing, it Mike? It was the long periods of time where we were awkwardly watching a couple fight when the clarinet oh. guy was staying in the apartment. So the, this There's guy, a clarinet guy. Yes. Who is writing a concerto. That isn't done. And it's only clarinet, which concertos require more instruments. Also... One, he's writing a concerto, and two, he someday wants to conduct the band. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a dream hoarder, in my opinion, and doesn't <laughs> do anything with it. And then it's just them eating dinner and awkwardly talking about how the husband doesn't have a job, the wife's super unhappy, and... She eventually, like, storms out. Yeah. And then comes back. And then babies are crying, and he plays the clarinet to make the baby stop crying. It's... Creepy and awkward, like if you had to stay at your friend's aunt and uncle's house who you didn't really know, and their marriage was falling apart. Yeah, I forgot. So there's um, one of the local people, there's a whole long thing about how he hid in a tree and missed his birthday. Because it was which, so nice in the tree. But his wife wedding. gets really upset about it, and it's like, no, it's because you hide from everything. And then she like storms out for no reason. And they don't resolve that relationship tension. Yes, at they do. All. They do like they? hug at the end, and they sit in a circle while it spins on the stage. But that is not res- that is that is if that was a they fight, hug. It's not a resolution. If that I is agree. a fight There's that no we had. <laughs> <laughs> we would just have that fight again the next week. <laughs> oh, it's very clear that they're going to continue to have that fight. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they didn't actually solve any of their problems. They just were prompted to have a fight. <laughs> they had the fight. In she front of ran strangers. out 
And then she came back. Oh, and it also looked like she was going to go into the roller skating rink, but then she didn't. Like, she ran out, and, like, the stage is turning, and it follows her, and she is, like, walking towards the roller skating rink where the guy who's not good with girls is, along with the guy who is good with girls, are, like, hanging out with the guy that kind of owns the, the roller skating rink, and then she doesn't go in. Right, from a story perspective... That would have been an interesting crossover, right? Here is someone from one environment going to another environment and you get to see like... Them interact with one another. Right, because you have separate scenes that kind of just have their own plots that don't intersect with each other. That was my least favorite thing. And it dragged on. Most, most of this relatively short no intermission musical it like literally felt like it was never going to end and i was fighting off sleep i love musicals there is no world in which i would fall asleep during a musical and i was literally like closing my eyes and i was like i'm not tired i'm not tired make this stop we went to an 8 p.m show and that means we got out at 9 30 yeah so no excuse to fall asleep. Can we also talk about another 20 minutes of this 90 minute show was literally spent watching a man that doesn't have a name. Like his name in the program is telephone guy who just stands about a foot and a half away from a um, public payphone outside and just stares at it. Yeah, And this is also 1992. No, it's 96, I think. Oh, 96. So I understand not having a cell phone, but also... This town doesn't have their own phones. Very strange, because if I remember 1996, everyone had a phone. To be fair, you did not live in um, Beta Tikva, True, Israel. true, true. I don't want to be that guy who assumes that Beta Tikva has good telephone companies. He just stands <laughs> outside staring at the phone, and we learn through Dina, who is the main character, that he's waiting for his girlfriend to call. The biggest story arc that I have been able to identify in this entire musical is that he's standing outside awkwardly watching this telephone waiting for it to ring, and then it eventually rings at the end of the show. Do you think this is like a lost thing where this is purgatory? Maybe. Like, is that what we're supposed to take from the film? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's like literally. Oh, and also when the girlfriend finally calls, like basically all they talk about is how he's wearing the sweater she made him. He's in a desert town in Israel. Where is she? Why hasn't Why? she called earlier? And how did he know she was going? Like, there's a lot of questions. Also, why can why can she only call in the middle of the night? Which it sounded like she called at around 4 a.m. Based, based on, on the lo- series of events. <laughs> so this is definitely a drunk call where she's like, hey, I said I'd call that payphone. And he's like, I'm wearing the sweater you made me. <laughs> that is exactly. But also not but not in English. So you don't really get the intonation. Right. But they we only learn this from the, the subtitles that are projected on the uh, building wall. Which also unnecessary. Also, though, like if you're going to start using subtitles, it should not be in the last 15 minutes of the show because a good portion of the show is not in English. So if you're going to use subtitles, you should use them throughout the entire show. Right. And that's one of the things, too, where whoever was writing the book was being very choosy with what he decided to have in English. Cause when you watch the movie, there's a lot of subtitles in the movie, which is fine. And like, 
it's it's fine. It's like a choice right. that you make, but it left a lot to be explained. Seemed like a waste of time to me. A waste of opportunities to develop because some of the characters had interesting things going on that I would have liked to know more about. Like that roller skating dude with the really tight pants. <laughs> There I wanted was, to know his story. He was asking for investors in yeah, his disco so club. This man, who was a local, he was a part owner of the roller skating rink and dressed mostly in velvet. <laughs> he basically went up to one of the band members who happened to be good with women. That was the, the thing that we knew about him. And was like, hey, you should be an investor in my roller skating rink. Was That, that Holland. was Hol- Holland. Yeah, it was Holland. He had kind of the most interesting story because we found out he had an arranged marriage and this was just the worst bachelor party in the world for him. (laughs) (laughs) Going around being like, you like Chet Baker? (laughs) Yes, because he had an arranged marriage that his parents arranged for him. And he was like, eh. When I go home, that's it. But that's also something that did get resolved. Did he just hook up with somebody and then he's just going to go home and get arranged? Sounds like it. That's sad. It's too bad. It is. It is. It's too bad. He's the most likable character in the show. His character was fun. At least he was like... He had a thing. His thing was, do you like Chet Baker? Yes. Do we know who Chet Baker is? He is a jazz musician who plays uh, the... um, My Funny Valentine? I thought that was what they were playing the whole show. Yeah, he's a jazz trumpeter. Uh, I am so right. Look at that. Chet Baker, My Funny Valentine. That is exactly what they were playing. You got it. Here is the spoiler alert part of the podcast. So I'll give people a second to fast forward through this part if they want. The main woman character who has this sweet love story with the general of the band, as I'm calling him. I think that sweet love story is really an overstatement. They go on like a quasi date and nothing really happens. You she find runs out into her ex. ex. Yes, she runs into her ex at a restaurant and gets into a really awkward fight in front of her ex's wife. Yeah. And also because she's like. He knew I eat here. He knows I eat here. It's a small town. <laughs> like a really small town. So if he was going to your restaurant that you owned, I understand. But she did own a restaurant. <laughs> and they did not eat there. Uh, okay, fine. Actually, they did eat there. That was like They didn't the go first, on the date there. They though. didn't go on the date there, yes. They went on a date to... What, Another restaurant. Which was more which of a cafeteria. Which had a jukebox. Yeah. Uh, so there was... She had that freak out and then they like went back to her apartment and uh wait 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 you're missing the whole part where um monk's character like tells us about himself we find out that his marriage didn't work with his wife because he was hard on their son and their son killed himself just like out of nowhere Right, yes. Like, literally, they're, like, hanging out in a park that's not really a park. You have to imagine it's a park. Like, that happened also. And then she just, like, turns around and says that. Yeah. Like, what? Tefig. Tefig, yes. Uh, Played by Monk. Also, it was, oh, is your wife dead? Yeah, and it's my fault. Why? I was too hard on my son, and he committed suicide. And then she just... But then, but what actually happened to her? No comment. Not just she. You know, she took like, it hard. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right, and then they go back uh, after they have some sweet moments where they're like on a bench and they're pretending they're by the sea. And they're pretending they're in a park. Also, they're pretending they're in a park. 
and then they go back and he goes to bed and bachelor party guy comes back and they just start making out just like out of nowhere and, and it that's very close to the end and it's like what just why <laughs> yep also Tefik doesn't really have any songs he has one song and it's an acapella song that's <sighs> that basically doesn't have a whole lot to it and is followed by a song by dina which yeah. is basically like what is this song about yes dina says like what is he what is he singing about and it's like well you know if you had used the subtitles that you used at the very end of the musical we all could have known what he was singing about but no. Yeah, and it's another situation of kind of breaking the fourth wall in an almost annoying way. <laughs> saying like, what is he saying? That's what you're thinking, audience. It was. <laughs> Pretend we're on a beach, audience. <sighs> I'm already pretending that you're in a, a town in the middle of the desert. And now you're asking me to pretend that these people are. It was a lot on top of it. It was. It was just like, blah. And I would have been okay with the liberal use of flashbacks for some of that stuff of him talking about his wife or any, uh, anything to like anything. make it feel like it had a plot or give it a little bit of emotional stakes because that was probably 70 minutes into it. And I still didn't really care about uh, his character. So, yeah. I mean, like, basically, like, his deal was that he was overly formal and that whenever she offered him anything, he would say no. Right. He was just... Overly polite. Was, you know, he was kind of the classic cop dad who was very cop hard on dad. his head. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, like a cop dad. Yeah, he, he was... You know that trope. He he was Andy Samberg's character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If he was a dad if and overly dad. serious and yes. mated with Captain. Right, right. Captain Holt's character yeah. as a dad in Egypt. this is a far stretch reference for those of you guys who watch brooklyn 99 to the extent that you do watch brooklyn 99 and now you're thinking you want to go see the band's visit we just want to warn you that the show is not funny there's parts where you laugh awkwardly there's some parts too where i did like the original jokes about chet baker so holid goes up to the it's holid right yes holid goes up to the bus ticket counter and is like do you like chet baker and the lady's like i don't know like, what do you mean? And then he starts to sing My Funny Valentine. Yeah. Um, and then you have the whole, like, what city are you going to? And he goes, Bet Hatikva. And she goes, Pet Hatikva or Bet Hatikva. Yeah. There's a real big difference right there, which is, you know, the big premise of the show. I ended up in it, the wrong city. And, and the opening number, which we have a clip of right oh, here. Oh, yeah. Welcome to nowhere with a B. Welcome to nowhere. So that whole opening number is literally about how boring Bet Hatikva is. With a B. B. B for boring. And I think they actually make that joke in the song. They do. There were a lot of song rhymes that were fairly obvious. Boring and snoring. There was some... Blah, blah, blah. Yes. It was like a lot of like jokes about the town being boring that I read as like, this is going to be a really boring show. And it was, in fact, a boring show. Yes. I did like the jokes about their uniforms. Oh, the Sh- Sergeant Pepper joke. Yes, yeah, Sergeant Pepper, the general. I I liked that. That was that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I liked. <laughs> That's not true. I do think that Katrina Lenk will end up with a Tony nom. I thought that she was wonderful. I just think that the material didn't leave her with a lot. Right. In terms of songs and lyrics, I could see this also getting a Tony nom for that. The music was really 
good. And all the members of the band, a lot of them were like classically trained musicians. Musicians were all fantastic. They really were. And like, like I said before, it is kind of like once you're watching them play the musical instruments on stage and it's beautiful and interesting and fun but you can only watch so much of that and the amount you can watch is probably less than the 90 90 minutes minutes without an intermission yeah it's in a lot of ways it's probably good that they did not have an intermission um we may have left i think it needed a couple more character songs songs that were about characters not about things and you know it's just so frustrating because like the new york times review really like led me to believe that I was going in for something like really unique and wonderful and special. And I just, I mean, it was unique, but it wasn't, it just wasn't what it could have been. So Mike, do you want to read the reviewsicle for the band's visit? That's going to go up on our website. Yes. The band's visit is a foreign film that is lost in translation into a Broadway musical. The story follows an Egyptian police band that goes to a boring Israeli town and wanders around. With long stretches of silence and nothing dialogue interrupted by such snorefest songs as Welcome to Nowhere and Poppy Hears the Ocean, the band's visit left me wishing I paid to hear the ocean instead of this musical. One jazz hand. Uh, are we being too mean? We're I think we're being too mean. Actually, but the thing is, is it's like, okay, so we're being too mean, but like, what, what do you have nice to say? Oh, man. I wanted to like it a lot. I wanted to like it, too. I just, I feel like they didn't, I feel like what they needed to, it's hard because they're trying to stay true to the movie, and I think they stayed too true to the movie. I think they needed to translate it more. You needed more songs. You needed more people expressing their wants. Either that or it needed to be a play. Great. Well, that's all for us today. Uh, anything else from you, Larkin? No, uh, we're looking forward to hopefully some more positive reviews as the new shows come out. Yes, and uh, if you were in the band's visit and would like to join us on the podcast to say why we're, we're wrong, mis- <laughs> we're wrong about this <laughs> musical. You're not invited because you wrote a terrible musical. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're totally invited. And also, just like we want to say that everybody in the show was very talented. Yes. All right. Well, that was our reviewsical of. The band's, the band's visit. visit. Please subscribe to our podcast. Yes, we are available where podcasts are available on iTunes and hopefully Spotify soon. Yeah. Like and share. Give us a review and see you next time. New York City, the shows are up. Which ones are good? Which ones are not? You don't know, but we know because we're so